1: Company of Wilmington, Delaware, makers of better things for better living through chemistry, presents the Cavalcade of America. Tonight's star, Dane Clark, man of action, with Dane Clark as David Porter. Here is 1843. David Porter, the United States Minister to Turkey, sits quietly in his garden in Constantinople. Bring me the flag, Admiral. Let me look at it. I was about to raise it, your excellency. Oh, no, let me have it. Mm. It's getting old and worn, Admiral. Ah, but it's still, yes, your excellency. A great flag. Your flag, yes. It's mine. I've served it. Oh, not like now, sitting here landlocked in a Turkish garden, but at sea, at sea in a ship under full sail with all the guns manned, bearing down on the
0: enemy. Your excellency, do not excite yourself. The doctor say you must be careful.
1: Careful. Careful. I've never been careful. I don't intend to start now. Risk. Chances. That's a man's life. Risk chances for this, this flag, Abdul. Do you know I was 16 and already an officer in the Navy when I took my first great risk? Oh? I was on a merchant ship off Santo Domingo when a British frigate boarded me and tried to force me into British service. What is your name, lad? My own affair. Do they teach no manners in America? How old are you? I'm old enough to know that you had no right to take me from my ship. You have no right. Right. You Americans speak of nothing but rights. Put them in irons in the hold. Perhaps then we shall hear less of these rights. Hey, hmm? Are you awake? I'm awake, all right. Have you ever tried to sleep in these? you? Quiet, quiet. You've come to torment me. You can save your breath.
0: Hold your breath, boy. Talk, civil. Now take my hand from your mouth. There. Now listen. I have the key to these irons. And I've come to help you off this ship. But you're a British. Aye, that I am. But you see, I ate the captain. And my mates and I, well, we liked the bold way you stood up to him. We liked the cocky-curried gym, matey. Yeah. There. You're free. Now listen. There's a Danish brig moored 50 yards of a starboard bow. You can swim? I can swim. Good. Keep underwater as long as you can, and when I give the word, one of us will slip the ash grating above. Run like the wind lad, and then dive. Are you ready? I'm ready. Good. Wait. You know this is risky? You're willing to take a chance? Well, why not? You might get killed by one of the guards. I'll take my chance. Good Good boy. Contact there. Get a move on with the axe. Uh, good luck, lady. Up you go.
1: Abdul, I started early. It was not the careful ones who put the stars in this flag or kept the flag aloft. And there weren't very many stars in the flag when I first managed to keep her aloft against odds. I was twenty, and second in command of the schooner Experiment under Captain Maley. It was off Haiti, and we were attacked by the pirate Rigo with twelve pirate barges with swivel guns in their bows. It looked hopeless to Captain Mailey. Lieutenant Porter, aye, Captain. You will strike the colors. Without firing a shot? They have us outnumbered ten to one. You will strike the colors. And yield an American ship of war to that filthy mob of pirates.
0: Porter, Wait down. I say we fight. Are you with me?
1: Yes, yeah, you, you. Lieutenant Porter, I'll have you put in chains. I am in command of this ship. All, All hands the quarters. Man the guns. Bulbas, grape, and canisters. All, All hands order. To You'll be broken for I'll bring charges. A hot-headed boy, and I'll bring you to trial. If we win, Captain, the credit will be yours, and the punishment mine. But if we lose, well, dead men tell no tale. Battle States is fully manned, sir. Guns are ready, Lieutenant. You may order a broadside. Come on, fire! Fire! After seven hours of desperate fighting, we won the day. And the credit went to Captain Maley. But the risk or the cause. That is my nature. I remember when I was aboard the Philadelphia when she went aground off Tripoli. And even as brave a man as Captain Bainbridge thought that we should remain in the Breshaw's prison and not attempt an escape. But again I wanted to take the risk. Uh, what you're proposing, Porter, is. Extremely dangerous, Captain Bainbridge, I will be frank. I'm not just proposing a plan for escape. It's all set up. We await only your word. I, I don't understand. We have been digging a tunnel to the dungeon below where the crew is quartered, and two days ago we broke through. But it's, it's dangerous, Porter. It's extremely dangerous. If we are discovered, it, it means torture. Perhaps, there. I shall take full responsibility. You take a good deal, Mr. Porter, but. You don't suppose I'd allow my junior officer to take responsibility for an act such We don't have to be discovered until it's too late for them to do anything about it. I have been in communication with the crew. We've exchanged letters. What? How? well, among the books the Danish consul brought us in prison, there was one telling us how to make a secret ink. A vanishing ink that reappears when the paper is washed in water.
0: And you risk
1: your neck on a thing like this of a magician's trick? Well, it's better than sitting here the rest of our lives. If we can alert the crew and when the time comes, we can... Just... Oh, God. Captain Bainbridge. Yes? Which of your officers is Lieutenant Porter? I am Lieutenant Porter. You will come with me. Wait. I'm in command here. I am responsible for whatever happens to my officers. Where are you taking me? To the audience chamber of the Bashaw. Porter, be careful. Keep your head. You have no idea. Come along. The Bashaw is impatient. Lieutenant Porter... You have been communicating with the members of your crew, have you not? You do not answer. Well, Lieutenant, if you do not use your tongue, the guard there, with a single stroke of his knife, can arrange that you shall never use your tongue again. You do not tremble. Perhaps you are ignorant of our customs. I have heard of your tortures. Oh, so he speaks. And with such arrogance. You may wonder how we know that you have been communicating with your crew. The art of making secret inks is old in the countries of Islam. He still has nothing to say. God, the whip! Mr. Bashaw thinks that only his corsairs have courage and he has much to learn. And you are prepared to teach me then, huh? To furnish us with an example of, shall we say, Christian fortitude? I am. And remember this. I am nothing but the uniform I wear, the uniform of the Navy of the United States of America, and each blow you strike on my back will call up a broadside on your marketplace. Commander... Pebble's fleet rides at Malt, and tomorrow, the next day, or next week, he'll bring your palace down on your dirty ears. Preble's the greatest defiler in the world today, and when he... Wait, 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 I say, put your whip away. It is plain, Lieutenant Porter, that you're a man of spirit, and such we admire. You will return to your countrymen in the prison. But do not think hereafter that we are so innocent that we do not know what is going on in our prison. Mm -hmm. Oh, it wasn't all hard-taxed, all forced, and beat to quarters. After Commodore Preble made good my threat, I returned to America. And a somewhat different kind of risk. I met her in Washington at a party. Her name was Evelina Anderson, and she was very pretty. Very pretty.
0: Uh, They told me you were of a dashing sort, Commander, but I declare you've quite outdone all the heroes of my acquaintance. You know many heroes, girl? Oh, yes. All of Commodore Preble's pirate cases are visited here. Even the great Stephen Decatur. But uh, none of them has asked for my hand in marriage within an hour of first acquaintance. Well,
1: my mind is made up, girl. We're to be married.
0: Oh, do stop calling me, girl. I'm I'm not under your command.
1: Uh, Helena, I... Well, perhaps I've been too hasty. I've been little ashore these past years. I've been a deep-water sailor since I was 12. I... I, I don't. I don't know the right word. Oh, I've
0: fallen in love with you, girl. <laughs> Perhaps you could manage to sound a little, well, a little less explosive, boy.
1: Elena. Hmm. Darling, I uh, love you with all my heart. I knew it the moment I saw you.
0: Well, it's uh, better.
1: Then you will? You will marry me?
0: Well, I... I do like you, David. And w- when I first saw you... Well, something happened. But I'm not a pirate schooner to be taken by storm after one broadside. Sorry, I... I... And well, in any event, you'd need to ask my father's permission.
1: Yes, I suppose I must. Goodbye, Evelina.
0: Where are you going?
1: Last your father's hand in marriage. But,
0: but, David, I haven't said you might. David...
1: The Honorable William Anderson I am I am David Porter, Commander of the United States Navy I have the honor, sir, to request the hand of your daughter in marriage Well, a full, unmitigated call Young man Yes, sir Listen to me No penniless sailor can ever hope to marry my daughter You have no future, young man And I forbid you to marry her Is that all, sir? Yes, that's all Thank you but I must warn you, sir, the breaching of obstacles is the joy of my life. Good day, sir. I think I need hardly add that Evelina and I were married shortly after, with the blessings of Mr. Anderson. Congress crippled the Navy, but I was able to keep my hand in fighting pirates in the Gulf and their lawyer friends ashore in New Orleans. And there in New Orleans, Evelina and I adopted a son whose name, like mine, was David, and who, like me, loved the Navy.
0: Mother? Yes, David. Will there be war? Perhaps perhaps we'll know today when the commander returns. Will they be him a ship? Will they make him captain? if they don't, he... <laughs> quite capable of marching on Washington and breaking down the president's very door. Come. Oh, I think I hear him coming. Evelina, glorious news, glorious. What, what's happened?
1: The country has decided to cringe and crawl no more. My commission as captain is in the hands of the secretary, and I'm to command the ethics. Thirty-two guns, think of it, I'm to have the ethics.
0: And what am I to have? Years of loneliness, years of widowhood, sir. Oh, my
1: dear Evelina, you understand. You've always understood me. Be happy with me.
0: I shall try.
1: You'll have our children, Evelina. Um, that is all except Davy, here.
0: And why not David?
1: His commission is midshipman, and the Essex will arrive at the same time as my own official promotion.
0: But Davy, little baby, why he's only eleven years old. Well, it's
1: high time he put to sea. What do you say, lad? Isn't it high time young David Farragut put to sea?
0: Hi, aye, aye, sir.
1: Good for you, Midshipman Farragut. Our DuPont Cavalcade returns to the story of David. The outbreak of the Wall of England in 1812 brought me in command of the Essex. I was ordered to join my old friend, Captain Bainbridge, commanding the USS Constitution somewhere in the South Atlantic. Exact whereabouts are known. Our mission, to destroy England's commerce. But I couldn't locate Bainbridge, so I disguised the Essex as a British man of war and put in at a Portuguese island in search of information.
0: Captain Porter, sir.
1: Yes, Midshipman Davy Farragut, what is it?
0: Uh, must I always call you Captain when we're on board ship, sir?
1: Always, Davy. As far as I'm concerned, you're just another Midshipman. Midshipman David
0: Farragut. Is the Captain Bainbridge we're trying to find... Is he the same one you were with in prison in Tripoli, father? Uh, sir? Yes, boy. The time you use the vanishing link?
1: Yeah. Oh, that must be Lieutenant Downs with news of Bainbridge. Come in. I called upon the governor's ordered. He's completely deceived. He believes we're an English ship. <laughs> and what news of Bainbridge? Uh, none of Bainbridge, Captain, but two British frigates have visited here in the past week, the Acasta and the Morgiana. The Morgiana. There are no such ships in the English Navy? Well, sir, the Acasta's captain left a letter addressed to Captain Sir James Yeo in England. I told the authorities we'd deliver it. Let's see it. sir. My dear friend Yeo... Probably you may stop here, or we may meet at San Salvador. I should be happy to converse on our old affairs of kept... captivity. Recollect our secret in those times. Your friend of H. McAfee, Captain James Curran. That's well, not much useless, is it, sir? Old affairs of captivity. Recollect our secret in those times. Sir, uh, uh, come over here, will you? This bowl of water. I uh, I don't understand, sir. Do you know this, Captain Kerr? Now, I place this letter in the bowl of water. Now, watch. Just watch the back of it. Mm-hmm. There, you see? You see?
0: There's writing. Well,
1: read it, Mitchum and Target.
0: My dear porter, go off Cape Frio to the northward of Rio de Janeiro and keep a lookout for me. Your former fellow prisoner... William Bainbridge.
1: Make sail, Lieutenant. We're bound for Rio. But Bainbridge and the Constitution were not to be found, so we searched for months. Finally, with our supplies running low, our situation grew desperate, and in December, I called an officer's council. The officers are here now, sir. Good. Gentlemen, gentlemen, our supplies are running low, and the British have blockaded every port we could reach. Our choice lies between starvation and capture. I take it, I take it that you have all sailed with me long enough to know that I shall accept neither of these choices. I take it also that you came to see to fight and to do our enemy as much damage as may be. Yes, now, if we remain in the South Pacific, we must starve or we must surrender. We head north, we face capture or blockade in the home port. Therefore, gentlemen, I propose to take this ship around the Horn and into the Pacific. Captain, we'll never make it, sir. What? This is no whaling ship, sir. We're not built to take these Cape Horn gales. We can't make it, sir. We can and we will. And we did. And when we reached the Pacific, we found, as I had expected, that the British had left their Pacific commerce without protection, and we fell upon them taking prize after prize. And after a year of tremendous success, however, we awoke one morning in a neutral Chilean port and found that two British frigates were patrolling the harbor entrance. I arranged a meeting with Captain Hillier of the HMS Phoebe. Delighted to see you, Captain Porter. I have come halfway around the world to meet you, sir, all the way from Calcutta. Captain Hillier, you propose to respect the neutrality of this port. Oh, come now, Porter. Must we move so rapidly to business? I had wished to congratulate you upon your recent exploits over a bottle of wine. Thank you, thank you. But I must know. My you man, th- your name is ringing through the wardrooms of all the world's navies and through half the counting houses in England. <laughs> you said you well-nigh ruin Lloyds of London. Still, Captain, I must press for an answer. Do you intend to respect Chilean neutrality? Since you have paid so much respect to it, I am bound to do likewise. Good and I will not need to keep my crew at quarters day and night. On the other hand, sir, it would give me the greatest pleasure to settle all differences between us. Is this a challenge, Captain? Well, since mine is a smaller ship, I should be condemned by Navy Department if I offered a challenge. But uh, a challenge from you would be most welcome. I have two ships, Captain Porter. I fear the lords of the Admiralty would expect me to use both of them. Captain, I'd be outgunned and outranged by the Phoebe alone. Let the cherub stay at anchor. Take out the Phoebe and I will follow. And I can promise you a most interesting morning. And I can promise you, Captain Porter, that I would be forced to use both my ships. Therefore, I doubt if you will leave the port of Valparaiso. May I offer you more of this excellent wine? (laughs) Habit midshipmen barrages. Two ships against one. Short range guns against long twirls. Safety in port. Possible death and destruction beyond the harbor. Well, there's a tactical problem for you, boy.
0: What would Commodore Preble have done, sir?
1: That's what I've been asking myself, lad, these past three sleepless nights. There's a deal blowing up, sir. Yes,
0: sir. In an hour, there'll be heavy weather beyond the harbor bar. We might just slip by, sir.
1: I've taken notice of the weather, lad. It's a habit we have.
0: Sorry,
1: sir. Oh, I'm sorry myself. My nerve's are on edge, son. Oh. On deck with you. Tell Lieutenant Cowell I wish to see him at once. By heaven, I won't stand it. We're getting out of here, whatever the odds. Make it, Captain. Why not? The British are bearing down on us fast. Well, bend on more sail. But
0: this wind may blow away on main top land. What's that? Captain! Captain, let us go! There goes the main top max. Captain! We can't bring our guns to bear on them! The wind keeps us stern towards the British! Bring a line from the stern to the anchor cable. Try to wobble around so we can bring a broadside to bear.
1: We can't make it, Captain. We can't bring it around. We can only fire with a three-stern gun. What canvas can we set, Lieutenant? Only the flying jib, Captain. Then cut the anchor cable and set the jib. If we can move at all, we'll try to board them. What for them? By heaven, we'll fall toward them on our hands and knees.
0: Stand by the ball,
1: Captain, Captain, we can never get in close enough to board, sir. I know, I know, I we know. We have no guns left that can fire, sir. The risk, Lieutenant. We had to take it. We had to take the chance.
0: Captain Porter! Captain Porter!
1: It's Hillier on the Phoebe, Captain.
0: Captain Porter! Will you strike your colors? Oh, no, no, no. Will you surrender, Captain Porter?
1: Oh, sir, his next broadside will blow us out of the water. Strike the colors, Lieutenant like the color. <laughs> Captain Hillier, I presume I am your prisoner, Captain Porter. If it is any satisfaction, I did what I had to do, but with a heavy heart. And I must say never and all the annals of the sea, has a ship fought against greater odds with greater courage or greater skill? Your Excellency. I've, I've gone and told you that entire story again, haven't I? May I take the flag now? It is sunrise. It's time to raise it. Yes, Abdul. Take it. Raise it. Each morning is a new morning and old defeats should be forgotten. There will be fresh victories on the morrow. Not for me or for the rest of rebels boys, but for other young men of faith, courage, daring. To the fiery young men, known as Preble's Boys, who served under Commodore Edward Preble against Tripoli, and founded the fighting tradition of the American Navy, And to Porter's sons, Admiral David Dixon Porter and Admiral David Farragut, and to the officers and men who uphold that tradition today, this broadcast... Thanks to Jane Clark and the Cavalcade players for tonight's story. Ladies and gentlemen, in the annual awards poll conducted by the radio television Mirror Magazine, among its almost half million readers, the DuPont Cavalcade of America was chosen as their favorite educational program. We, We greatly appreciate this honor and will do our best to have Cavalcade continue to win your approval. Thank you. Next week, the DuPont Cavalcade is called No Doll with Abigail and stars Miss Joan Bennett as Abigail Scott Dunaway. Abigail created quite a stir in the early Northwest Territory where men were men and women, well, definitely not dolls, as you shall see. We invite you to listen. Tonight's Dupont Cavalcade was written by George H. Faulkner and was adapted from the book Preble's Boys by Fletcher Pratt, published by William Sloan Associates. Music was composed by Arden Cornwell and conducted by Donald Boris. The program was directed by John Zoller. This is Cy Harris speaking. Don't forget next week, Joan Bennett in No Doll Was Abigail. The DuPont Cavalcade of America comes to you from the Belasco Theater in New York and is sponsored by the DuPont Company of Wilmington, Delaware, makers of better things for a better living through chemistry.